Welcome to the Wine After Work podcast. This is your host, Bryce Batts. I'm a career coach, mom of two girls, former college cheerleader, and current encourager of women. I'm so grateful you're here. It's my mission to help women break through the glass ceiling, rise up, and step into their greatness. Now grab a glass of wine and settle in. Today, I'm talking with Alex Purseglove. She is a business coach, and she's my business coach. By shifting long-term patterns of people-pleasing, seeking security, and self-criticizing into seeking greatness and living unapologetically, Alex Purseglove 10 times her business growth in under two years while transforming her confidence, marriage, and personal fulfillment. From her life experience, Alex is dedicated to helping others create wild success in life and business through releasing the shame and fear that slows them down while cultivating full conviction in their vision and their value. Deeply committed to practicing what she preaches, Alex has studied with multiple world-class mentors, including David Nagel, one of the architects of the personal development industry, to uplevel her every area of her life, family, and business. She and her husband, Adam, value continuously growing in relationship, practicing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and building a purpose-filled life together with their daughter, Stella Love. Today, I'm so excited to have Alex Purseglove on the podcast. Alex is my business coach coaches other women in groups and uh, one-on-one. And then I know you're up to a lot of different things. So welcome, Alex. Thanks for carving out this time. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Bryce. I always enjoy our conversations. Same. I know. We've been on Zoom several times before in a group and uh, also one-on-one. You've always given me amazing advice. And I know uh, you're changing the lives of many women Um, So tell us a little bit about what you do. And um, I know you just closed one group and you're on to something new. So lots of changes happening. Yeah, well, it's been a really interesting year. And first of all, thank you for sharing that, Bryce. That um, means a lot to me to hear you share that. And yeah, it's, it's been an exciting year and a crazy year. You know, I became a mom just a little bit over a year ago. So I had my daughter July 30th. And as you know, as a mom, okay, sure wait, your daughter's birthday is July 30th. It is. Yeah. That's my youngest, her birthday as well. So sorry to cut you off. That's that. okay. I didn't know that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I actually loved having her in the summer. I know some women didn't love being pregnant in the summertime, um, but I loved it. And I enjoyed, uh, we got to have a great party for her a couple weeks ago and celebrate. Um, I saw pictures, they looked great. Yeah, it was a really fun party. Um, but it's, I can't believe also that it's been a whole year, uh, since, yeah, since she's been born, so much has changed. That feels like so long ago. Um, but with that, you know, as I became a mom that also impacted my business, And this is a big part of what I teach and how I guide women is that how you do anything is how you do everything. And so when you have a big shift in your personal life, it's going to impact your business and vice versa. And so um, as I've grown and evolved so much becoming a mom, I've also found greater ways that I'm guided uh, to help women, you know, and helping them with integrating their life with their business and how you, um, 
you know, create, I don't love the term balance. I like to say integration, but so how you integrate, you know, your, your personal life with your business and, and how you have all of your dreams sort of supporting each other. Cause that's been an exploration for me. So, like I said, as I've been growing, my business has really been growing um, and changing. And so we are rolling out new programs and I'm going to be doing more retreats, which I absolutely love. Um, but in terms of, yeah, yeah. I love retreats. I love in-person experiences and I really like doing deep dives too. And I think that's what I love so much about the retreats is, well, I'll just say this, Bryce, in terms of the work I do, yes, I help women with growing their businesses, creating greater results, accelerating um, revenue and, and moving yourself into a higher role, you know, as the visionary of your business. But what really fires me up is looking at how you're thinking, how you're valuing yourself, your shame, your doubt, your fear, your worry, and how that is greatly impacting not just your business, but also how you're showing up personally and how it all ties together because who you are being and how you're showing up actually has the greatest impact on not just your results, but also how you experience your results. So your joy and your empowerment as you're growing your results all stems from like I said, how you're thinking and how you're making decisions and how you're seeing yourself. And that's the work that really fires me up. Mm, yeah. And I really feel like owning a business is like holding a mirror up to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're learning and discovering and uh, revealing so much about yourself that you may not have known. And I know for me personally, it's been that way. What are some common challenges you see amongst women that you coach? Great question. And I couldn't agree more about the mirror. And so something that I see very often in the women I work with, and it's not surprising because these are issues I've worked through as well. So I tend to draw to me people that really relate. So I see a lot of struggles around people pleasing, around hiding what you really think, feel, or want because of either a fear of how other people react, because of a fear that maybe it's the wrong thing, um, or fears of it being selfish. So I definitely see patterns of the self-sacrificing or the people-pleasing show up, and that impacts so many different areas of business because it, it impacts boundaries with clients, it impacts you know, your confidence in leading your team. It impacts you honoring what's the highest and best use of your time. It impacts whether or not you sign on ideal clients, or if you'll take other people that wind up being energy depleting <laughs> versus energy giving. So yeah. there's just all these different places um, that it shows up. And I think many of us as women are taught at a young age to be very mindful of how our actions are impacting other people. We're taught to be nice girls, to not be too loud, to not um, hurt people's feelings. And while, of course, it's a worthy thing to explore how you are impacting other people and their feelings, but so often it creates this unhealthy people-pleasing to the point of pushing ourselves down and mm -hmm. what we really want and, and what we stand for and what matters to us. And I think some of us have done that for so long when you start realizing that you're doing that and trying to step out of it, it's so difficult because you don't even know what you want or how you mm -hmm. feel because you're so, so out of touch with that. So mm -hmm. it's important to recognize and try to move through it. It's interesting. You know, we, I just had this lady who got two really amazing offers and then her company also counter offered 
she was not being paid what she should her when her company countered it still wasn't high enough and she had two incredible offers made the decision, the, decision. The, the third company came back and said oh we'll offer you even more and she was feeling bad i'm like you should be celebrating you just got a salary increase of about forty five thousand dollars realized you're undervalued at your current company but instead she was feeling like she may make the wrong decision and feeling like she's letting someone down you know in my mind I was just thinking no man would ever say this you know mm-hmm. oh I just feel bad for the other company no they made you a good offer too someone has to has to lose out you're only one person so it's just interesting the mindset and what goes through women's minds as they make these decisions versus men yes I hear that statement so many times from the women I work with is I'm afraid of letting someone down. And so often what I love to dig into there is, well, what decision would you make if you didn't want to let yourself down? Like Mm -hmm. if you mattered first. So if you prioritized valuing yourself and your vision and your dreams above the rest, not that of course, especially if you have a family that you don't take into consideration, you know, what's best for the whole family. And um, my husband and I talk about this all the time that we always prioritize our marriage, our union above the individual decision-making. And we're both, and we both have autonomy as well. Like we're completely autonomous, sovereign beings who also prioritize our union and put that as a priority. So it's not that you know, your family isn't a big factor in some of the decisions you make. And it's so um, powerful when you start exploring first, you know, what would I do here if I was valuing myself and my dreams and what I feel is in highest service to everyone, including me, if I valued that first, right? If I put a pin in the fear of letting other people down or taking responsibility for other people's feelings or their situations and saying, okay, if I valued myself and my highest vision first, what would I do? And it's so amazing to explore what comes out of that discussion when you ask that question. Yeah, it's really powerful. I know you and I had similar discussions when you were coaching me about not instead of shooting all over yourself, feeling like yes. I should do this, I should do that. Again, I'm pretty sure I said exactly what you just did, that I didn't want to let someone down. You know, and you said, well, what would you want to do? What would you like to do? And put those other things aside. And it makes you pause because maybe you haven't thought of that before. And it's like, well, what would I really do if I wasn't worried about any of that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a thought we always have. Yeah. And I relate to it. So like I said, I tend to work with women who can relate because I've gone through the being a people pleaser, being a control freak. And I also... I'll refer to this often now as I was a wrong maker. So I grew up just in a way of often looking at, well, I could have done this better. I could have done more of this. This wasn't enough yet. And as I think a lot of high achieving women that I meet or ambitious women can have that tendency as well, because, you know, the positive side of it is you're very driven. You want to improve, you want to keep growing. And those are all good things. But when it goes too far, you're constantly in that cycle of, well, it's not enough yet. It has to be better. I could have done this better. I'm not doing well enough yet. And so my tendency was to look at what I was doing wrong and to also make what I wanted wrong or to make, you know, what, what mattered most to me wrong. And that's all tied into the people pleasing, right. And not wanting to disappoint people. And so what if you swing the pendulum the other way and look at what if what I want is the right thing? What if I can't get it wrong? What if I can't screw it up? 
What if I just allowed my inspiration and my desires and, and my highest self to lead? What could happen then? What would that be like? And when I started exploring that, it was so transformative for me. And that's actually what that question, what if I couldn't get it wrong, led to me launching the group program that you did, Bryce, with me. Oh, that's when awesome. I first started it. It all stemmed from that question. What if I couldn't get it wrong or screwed up? What if I just followed, you know, what's in my heart to create? And it opened the doors to some really awesome creations. Yeah. When you follow your intuition. And I think also you've said this before, when you show up as the person you want to be, you start attracting those things um, that you want and deserve, um, you know, that are in line with your highest self, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. I know um, you've talked some, I've seen your emails speak on this um, about doing less work, but making more money or feeling more fulfilled from doing less. Can you dig into that a little bit? Because I completely believe and agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. So I share about this from my own experience that the first few years of building my business, I was very much in the grinding it out, always trying harder, like trying to do more, just taking on more clients, more meetings, more efforts, more marketing campaigns, all these things. And I was spinning my wheels often because I was stuck in that, just like trying harder and harder. And so a huge shift for me when I started working with my own mentors and, and receiving coaching and was able to shine a light on what I, they were able to shine a light on what I couldn't see. Um, I started uncovering a different path, which involves following your inspiration, following your heart, prioritizing what matters most to you, what you're most excited about. And not that you don't have to do some of the other things, right? To get your business rocking and rolling the way you want it to, but that you prioritize your passion and your joy and that intuition, your inspiration and focus on, okay, what are the most important things and how do I focus on high value? So that's how I started building my business was, okay, how do I create incredible value add and then also in return, then you're commanding a value in your pricing, right? In exchange for that, but then you're delivering these incredible results. And so how do you focus on high value over doing more, more, and more? And then when it came to growing the business from there, it's looking at bringing on incredibly valuable team members. So you're not just continuing to do more, but you bring in people who are going to, to elevate you to you know, uplift the company and who you can delegate to and trust so that you continue to move more and more into the highest and best use of, of your time. And that's what I say to women leaders, women entrepreneurs, is that it's actually your responsibility as a business owner to focus in on the what's the highest and best use of my time. You and I actually had a conversation about this once, Bryce, because I was sharing with you how um, when we brought on a nanny uh, to support our daughter, that, you know, we talked to our nanny about cooking dinner and helping to clean up the kitchen while she was there so that when I get done from work, instead of spending my time cooking, I go right into hanging out with my daughter so I can be present with her and focus on, you know, my mom hat instead of my house cleaning and cooking hat. And so that's right. how, um, how I can continue to, I'm always exploring ways that I can support myself. And I talk to clients about this. How can you be more supported so you can be in your core genius areas, or again, the highest and best use of your time. And all of that supports you being able to grow by doing less. At least you personally are doing less. 
Yeah. Does that all make sense? It does. Yeah. You know, I think there's a time, like you said, maybe in the beginning or when a new project starts where you are having to hustle, but you cannot live in that place of hustle and grind all the time mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, you can relate it to many things, but oftentimes women start businesses because they want to spend more time with their families and then they find they're making less or spending less time with them because they're working all the time and you can never quote unquote get everything done. So I love this idea of doing less, you know, hustle when you need to, but come from a place of inspiration where you're in a flow state, be in your zone of genius and then farm those other things out. You know, when you and I were talking and you said, well, can you find a sitter to pick your kids up and start dinner in the evening? And I was like, oh, my gosh, like that would be mind blowing. That would be yeah. life. -changing. I remember you saying that. Yeah, you're like, that would just change my life right now. <laughs> oh, and yeah. it's like those simple things, you know, maybe not finding a sitter is simple, but we were so lucky to find someone this summer that we loved and the kids love. So, I mean. It's amazing because then you can be at work or do what you need to do and not have to worry about that other piece of it. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Bryce, because I was actually just talking to someone else recently, too, that a theme I also see in a lot of the women I work with is this resistance to being more supported. And I think it ties into that people pleasing tendency of you feel selfish or guilty. If yeah. you could do something yourself, well, why hire someone else to do it? But then if you stop and step back and look at it, it's like, wait a minute, what is my time worth over here? You know, what am I generating when I'm focusing on my core genius areas in my business? Or what is it worth to be present with my kids and spending time with them and having someone else, you know, clean the house or, or take care of the cooking or whatever it might be. Um, and so it ties into that question I mentioned earlier about how are you valuing you know, yourself and your vision and your holistic vision. And so anytime I feel myself going into resistance about getting more supported or even bringing on team or, or more supported with mentorship, you know, supports, um, 360. And so when I'm evaluating that, if I feel any resistance, I stop and think, okay, if I were valuing my vision fully, like, what would I do here? If I really believed in my vision, if I were committed to it, Oh, which I am. So <laughs> but I ask if I were committed to it, what would I do next? Oh, you know what? I would allow myself to be supported because it helps me be in, in my core genius areas and it helps me show up most powerfully in my roles. Mm -hmm. So that's what I always reflect on is, oh, I have this commitment to my clients that I want to show up most powerfully for them as much as I can. That's my responsibility to them. I want to show up powerfully for my husband and daughter. I want to yeah. show up powerfully for my team. So that means I've got to get these other things off my plate because if I'm drained, I'm not showing up powerfully for anybody. Yeah, exactly. And you said that to me on a call and I was almost like giving myself permission to be supported in that way. Having someone else say it, you know, I, you said something like, well, you have a lot of vision and desires and dreams for your career. And because of those big goals, you need to be supported in a better way. And so it does give you permission to then say, okay, well, what do I need? Who can I call in to help me? You know, and for some women, maybe you don't have the money to hire a cleaner right now or have a full-time nanny or whatever, but you can ask a friend for help. I think so many times women have a hard time asking for help. 
you know, and men too, do you need a ride somewhere? Do you need someone to watch your kids for an hour? You know, mm-hmm. are you feeling bad and need help with dinner? You know, whatever it is, I think we've all got friends we can reach out to, but a lot of times we don't, and we just make it harder on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And you know, something else, and I had to actually get used to this this past fall, Sometimes you also have to just let things be messy for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know when I had my daughter or before that, I'm I terrible was terrible so that. <laughs> and trust me, I'm a highly organized person too. So I don't do great with mess, but I remember having this moment this fall of just really surrendering to the situation and what was happening and saying, you know what, I'm going to embrace my house is not going to be picked up all the time. You know, we had laundry all over our dining room table for a couple months when she was a little baby. And I said, you know what, I had some support I was asking for, but at this time, what are my actual priorities? Mm -hmm. And that's, it goes back to like, what matters most right now? What am I most connected to? What am I most inspired by? What, what matters and getting clear on that for yourself and then saying, you know what, my house always being picked up is not on the top of the priority list right now with adjusting to new momhood, nursing, growing my business, onboarding a new team member. Those were the priorities. So go ahead and just let some things be messy for a little bit because at the end of the day, it's not going to all fall apart. Yeah. And what's ironic is if anyone came to your house as a mom with a new baby, they would not expect your house to be clean. But I know we hold ourselves to these certain standards and I drive my kids insane sometimes because I'm like, pick that up, pick, put that away. It's just, you know, I don't know. I don't like a mess, but surrendering is a great word because sometimes it just needs to be messy and that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And there's seasons, you know, there's seasons of transition or times you're figuring things out. And so it's okay to be a little messy. We don't have to be perfect. And something I say to many of my clients, I'm sure you've heard me say this, Bryce, and I say it to my family as well, is that all of you is welcome here. And I say that to myself. And I remind myself of that often if I'm in a season of some messiness or even, you know, sorting through the the people pleasing or the priorities or the wrong making or whatever it is, I always bring myself back to, wait a minute, all of me is welcome here. Mm-hmm. Whatever's happening is okay. Right. And all of you is welcome here. What if all of you and what you want is just okay and important? Yeah. So good. Yeah. Recovering uh, perfectionist and people pleaser here. <laughs> yes. Yes. Me too. Me too. And control freak. <laughs> Covering control freak. Sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. I like to control everything. <laughs> yeah. And I know. Such a great word. Yes. Yes. Oh, I've been. Um, I've been really leaning into that idea of surrender lately. And I think um, this is all part of the work I do with clients. When I talk about letting go of the fear and the shame and to let go of that, it requires surrendering, right? And the fear of getting it wrong. You have to surrender to the unknown Mm -hmm. saying, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to get this all right. You don't know. You never have guarantees. Make the best decisions you can and and do your best and then surrender to the unknown and let things happen and, and just trust yourself that you will figure things out. Everything's figure outable. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't have to be perfect. Just, just lean in. That's where faith comes in. I know you're a woman of faith. Um, but yeah, whether you own a business or work for someone else, nothing is entirely safe. And you and I talked about that as well. Nothing, you don't know the outcome of anything. So you just make the best decisions you can that support your vision and go from there. 
Yep, absolutely. And that's all ties back to to following your intuition, your inspiration. And I do believe that when we're leading from our highest selves, it's always taking us into where we need to go. Mm -hmm. Before we press record, we were talking about women navigating different challenges a little bit and how you help them work through that. I know you had a couple of thoughts I would love for you to share. Yeah, well, that's a great question that ties into what we talked about earlier around the valuing yourself, because something I teach my clients is that the greatest factor in how you approach and overcome your challenges is how you value yourself and your vision. And so what often ends up creating our conflicts in bridging the gap between where we are and where we want to be is when these value conflicts will arrive, where we have sort of two competing desires or beliefs that end up slowing us down. So for instance, uh, this was an old value conflict of mine was, you know, I want to be a really successful businesswoman. I want to, you know, be a leader and I want to be a great wife and mom. What if I can't do both? Right. So like, I don't want to, um, I don't want to not spend enough time with my daughter and I want to keep building my business as a mom. So that was this little value conflict, um, for me, actually, even before I had my daughter, that it was more prevalent, but I really worked through it and came to see that, oh, wait a minute, I value my vision. I value my holistic, you know, goals for my life. I value what really matters to me. I value my purpose. And my purpose is to be a businesswoman, to do this coaching work and to be a mom. My purpose is both. And I personally believe that we all have purpose as individuals. And then some of us that also includes parenting. Um, so anyway, I, I came to really shift those beliefs and reconcile that value conflict. And so I see that come up over and over again, you know, with women, another one I'll see frequently is, you know, I want to raise my prices, but I feel bad asking people to spend more money. Mm -hmm. Well, now you have a value conflict. Now you're stuck in, you either aren't going to raise your prices because of that, or you raise them, but then you feel guilty when you're doing your sales and then they're not coming across powerfully and you're not signing clients. And then you affirm for yourself, oh, see, people won't pay higher rates and it's bad that, to ask them to spend more. And anyway, so all these value conflicts can cause this spinning and staying stuck in our challenges. So I encourage everyone to reflect on, you know, wherever you're feeling stuck right now in a challenge or hitting the next goal, what would you start doing differently right away if your goal and what you really want and desire was a top priority? If it mattered, if it was okay, so it wasn't selfish. If it wasn't, you know, oh, I might get it wrong. What would you do next? Yeah, because a lot of times what we do next is just needing to take some sort of small action. But instead, we procrastinate. We have resistance to it because we're afraid we'll fail or who will upset or being visible in a certain space. So you just procrastinate. You push it off. You make excuses you know, and I, I think we've talked about this before, but you will find more of what you're looking for. So if you're not raising your prices because you're afraid you're going to hurt people's feelings and they're not going to like you anymore or want to work with you anymore, well, then that's what you're going to find. And you'll yes. get that will be affirmed because that is the direction that you're you're looking and you're focusing. Yep, exactly. You create more of what you focus on. And I see that 
what you just shared show up for women and turn into the resisting, avoiding, putting things off, or the other place it shows up to or, or how it manifests is in overcomplicating. You end up making it so complicated to try to you know, get to your goal. And that kind of leads to that grind path and the trying more because you're overcomplicating what it takes when there's actually a really clear answer sitting over here, but you can't see it because you're focused on all of the challenge and the problem. So you create more of what you think about, what you focus on. If you see problems and focus on the problem, you're going to create more problems. So it's about shifting that thinking into what's the solution here that also is an easier path or a path with more ease. Doesn't mean it doesn't yeah. require effort, but with less complication and more sure. ease. Well, as we wrap up, I'm wondering if there's a tip or two you can leave with our audience if if this is a if a woman's listening that finds themselves being a people pleaser or um, a perfectionist or a control freak, I know we talked about <laughs> all three of those things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any tips that you can give? Yeah, I mean, I think what I shared before is probably one of the most powerful questions I revisit over and over again with my clients is exploring how much you're valuing yourself and your vision. So I think that's a great question to keep sort of in your back pocket is, you know, what would I do next if I was fully valuing my highest self and my desires and my vision. And then for the the people pleasers, what I often like to do when I can feel people pleasing come up or when I can tell that I'm stuck in some kind of people pleasing that's causing a problem is I'll stop and reflect on what isn't actually in highest service to all involved here. Because when I'm in the people pleasing mindset, I'm focused on my fear of how this person's going to respond to me. Mm-hmm. We often tell ourselves we people please to be nice or to be kind, but that's it's not actually fear. true. Right. Cause it's, it's based in fear of how people will respond. Um, and you not wanting to receive their potential reaction. So it's actually more about you than it is about trying to be nice to this other person because you're actually being false and not telling them the truth, which yep. isn't in service, right? So so to pull yourself out of the people pleasing, again, a question I found to be um, very helpful for myself and clients is what's actually in highest service to all involved here? Um, and I do want to credit, that was a question I got um, from two of my mentors, Marla and Julian with the Intimacy Experts. And it's just been such a powerful question for me that I've now passed down because it helps you elevate back into your highest self thinking and looking at being in service and looking at what would you do if you put the fear in the passenger seat. I love it. Well, Alex, thank you so much. If people want to work with you or look you up, how can they find you and where? Yeah, absolutely. So we're actually going through a bit of a website updates right now. So my favorite place to connect with people currently is on Instagram. I'm Alex Persglove at Instagram. And then you can find our website, alexpersglove.com. Like I said, we'll be updating it soon. So I would love to connect um, through social or through the website, or anyone can send me an email, alex at alexpersglove.com. And I, I do love connecting with people who listen to episodes like this, I'd love to hear their takeaways or insights, or if you apply any of these tips, I'd love to hear about it. Awesome. Well, so many mic drop moments. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Bryce. Of course. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back here next week and make sure to share the episode with a friend that would enjoy the conversation we just had. Also, join the Wine After Work Facebook group to connect with other like-minded women.